Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. Renegade, Renegade Talk Radio. Bethany Blankley, hosting America's Betrayal on Renegade Talk Radio. I cannot even begin to, you know, sometimes I'm totally speechless. I don't know whether to laugh or to cry talking about what's going on in the United States of America, where insanity is praised and worshipped. And when you try to expose lies and corruption, you're shamed and made to be wrong, when in reality, what you're trying to do is say, listen, right and wrong matters. Virtue and character building matters. And how we treat each other matters. Having laws is how we have order and we restrain bad actions from affecting and harming other people in a negative way. How can you do that when people want to praise someone as quote unquote being courageous for sharing their story about how they're really a woman trapped in a man's body or how a white woman is really a black woman? And this is the problem. You cannot have normality. You cannot have a healthy society when you continue to praise people for lying. It used to be uh, when I was a kid and others, you learn the story about George Washington and chopping down the cherry tree and why it is not a good character trait to lie. Why telling the truth is right behavior. Why do we have laws? How, what is the purpose of charity and, and helping people? Through philanthropy. Well, all of these things are important to understand, not just for developing healthy family relationships or healthy relationships in general, but healthy relationships in a healthy society. How can you have any kind of healthy society when 3% are trying to shove down the rest of everybody else's throat that it's perfectly normal for a man to be a woman? And you can have all the sex changes and surgeries that you want, but no one's going to talk about the irreversible consequences and how 80% of people who've had sex reassignment surgery regret it. No one is talking about the negatives. No one is talking about how to help people who are dealing with gender dysphoria. No one is discussing how to help people with assumption disorder. Why wouldn't we? Why we help people? We try to help people who are bipolar. We try to help people who are anorexic. We try to help people and give them some kind of rehabilitation through prison and other means who are pedophiles. Because we say that having sex with children is wrong, that it's a mental disorder. So why on earth would we praise someone like Bruce Jenner, who's doing much to, to harm the people who are having gender dysphoria? He doesn't care about other people. He doesn't care about, quote unquote, civil rights. The only thing Bruce Jenner cares about is money. So what is Rachel Dolezal's motivation? Is it just because she's, she is so obsessed with herself? Why over the last 10 years has a white woman with blonde hair and blue eyes identified as black? The parents are saying that they are white and German and Swedish descent. They're saying that she was born in Montana. She biologically has two white parents. Yet when she was interviewed by the Spokesman Review in Spokane, Washington, and asked whether or not she was white, 
Remember, this is a woman with white skin. She's Caucasian. She answers the question. She says, quote, that question is not as easy as it seems. There's a lot of complexities, and I don't know that everyone would understand that. We're all from the African content, end quote. I don't know if that's a typo or if that's what she said, but it's that it really should be obviously the African continent. All right. Well, then what about Sweden and Germany and Czechoslovakia? All the people from there from the African continent? And she tells the newspaper from Eastern Washington University, where she's an adjunct professor, she tells the Easterner that she was born in, quote, unquote, a Montana teepee, and that she lived with her parents in Colorado and South Africa before or after moving from Montana. Well, her parents say this is false. She was not born in a teepee. She is not African-American. She is not black. And she is not Native American. She is not Indian. She is a white Caucasian born in Montana to two white parents. So why on earth is she teaching for African-American studies at Eastern Washington University? Why is she teaching on the black woman's struggle when she's not black? And wouldn't it be better and more help wouldn't it be better and more powerful, more helpful and more authentic and effective if she actually just was herself as a white woman promoting any kind of equality or civil rights for people who have different skin colors? Why does she have to lie and pretend to be black when she's not black? Doesn't that harm people who have other mental disorders? Because this is a mental disorder. Or flat out lying. You know, she's made all of these claims about being sexually assaulted and all of these claims about hate crimes being committed against her, which many people are saying are proving or disproving. So when you make false claims, it hurts people who have genuine claims. It does a huge disservice to women who have actually been victims of violent crimes and other people like Jews who are the number one victims of hate crimes in America. When you make up being the victim of a various crime, you're harming people. You're making it more difficult for people who are actually who are actually claiming that they are victims to the police. You're making it really difficult for them. And why on earth would you say that your son, who is actually your your adopted brother, why would you say that you're a non-biological person is actually your child? When legally they are your bio, they are your non-biological adopted sibling. Why would you do that? And why is no one calling her out on the lies and saying that she needs mental help? She needs psychiatric help, as does Bruce Jenner. And where is the NAACP? If they really care about African Americans and the Negro struggle and civil rights and everything else, why on earth would they not be calling out this white woman pretending to be black? Why is it okay for a white woman to pretend to be black? Why is it okay for a man to say that he's a woman? Is transracial and trans-ethnic really going to be the new norm? And what about other kin? I don't know if anybody's heard about this, but there's a video. I will put it on my website. The new quote unquote normal is it really going to be trans animal that we're that we are wolves if you feel like it you're a squirrel trapped in a human body now we have other kin a girl who says she's a wolf trapped in her human body these people need help there's a difference between reality and perception it's called assumption disorder there's a difference between truth and fiction and novels and nonfiction. 
the Twilight Saga, the Vampire Diaries, Bitten, Wolf Blood. All of these are fantasy television shows and books that provide fantasy as if, sadly, like what I read as a kid with Laura Ingalls and the Wilders and what it was like to live on the prairie in a little house in the 1800s. So there's a difference between fiction, fiction, fact, nonfiction, and blatant lies. I mean, this is insanity. It's one thing to allow your child to read books and watch movies about the vampires or werewolves. It's another to allow your child to think that they're really a wolf trapped in a human body and have tails attached to their genes so that they walk around literally like they are an animal trapped in a human body. I mean, there's something wrong with this. And we have what's really courageous and what people need to be doing, not just on Renegade, but everywhere, is to actually say there is a difference and it matters. We have laws for very specific reasons and that matters. Boys are boys, girls are girls. There's no transgender anything. That is a lie. No one can be an other kin. That is a lie. No wolf exists inside of a human being's body. That is a lie. There is a difference between perception and reality. We are literally living in a world where right is left and and up is down, backwards is forwards. It's almost as if you wake up every day and America is in this insanity all on LSD living in Alice in Wonderland. Or the emperor with his new clothes and he's walking around naked and everybody's saying how beautiful his clothes are when he's a huge fat slob. Seriously, this is not fantasy. We are living in the United States of America and we need to ensure that our society continues to actually teach important moral characters and virtue. Why can't we celebrate just being little girls and little boys? Why can't we celebrate having white skin or black skin? Why can't we celebrate all being members of the human race and that we have some of the the highest intellect and mental acuity and creativity and vision than any other species on the planet and yet we're accepting this dumbed down version that they can be someone can be a wolf in a human body that they can be black when in reality they're white and they need to be called out on this insanity because it's not good for them and it's certainly not good for society if anybody can be anything they want then there's no point in having laws at all Everyone should be released from jail. There is absolutely no point in having any laws whatsoever. If anybody can wake up one day and say, well, today I'm going to be a Chinese black transvestite, when in in actuality they are a white woman like myself. I'm going to go around telling everybody I'm seven foot tall, when in reality I'm five foot three. Well, that's what this woman in Washington is doing. And that's what this woman who's advocating other kin is doing. Lies are lies. Truth is truth. And until we get that into everybody's heads, our country is in serious trouble. When we get back after the break, it continues because I'm going to tell you some of the things that people are contacting me about. If it comes to zoophilia and having sex with animals 
or the sex education that's being taught in public schools starting this fall. And I advocate, like many others, if you're in Fairfax, Virginia, if you're in Fairfax County or in other places in America where your kids are going to be taught some of the most obscene things, I'd be pulling them out, pull them out of school altogether. You're not allowed to pull them out of the sex education, but you can pull them out of that school and send them somewhere else. That's what I would be doing. You're listening to Bethany Blankley on Renegade Talk Radio. I'll be back. Going to take a quick break. Hello? 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 Yes. Hello? 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 Yes. Hello? 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 Yes. I'm calling about the ad in the advertiser. Yes. In the advertiser, yes. Yes. Uh-huh, what would you, what, what are you calling on? I'm calling about the ad that you had in the advertiser. Uh, what was the ad I had? You had the ad for the sofa bed. Oh, yeah, okay, well, I had to, uh, it's sold. Yes, okay. Uh-huh. Yes, how much is it? It was $60 and I sold it. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay, when should I come to pick it up? It's already sold. Yes, I know, but I'm the one who was going to buy it. <laughs> no, you can't buy it because I've already I've sold it to somebody else. No, I want to buy the sofa bed for sixty dollars. That's the good price. I, it has been sold. Somebody has already bought it. Okay. Well, uh, I want to buy it. You can't buy it when I've already sold it. Why not? It's sold. Yes. Okay, well, I'll take it. It's sold. I can't sell it to you because it's sold. Why not? It's sold. It's already sold. I don't care if it's already sold. I want this offer bed for $60. You put the ad in the advertiser. And I've already, somebody else has bought it. No, I... How no. can you buy How can I sell it to two people? <laughs> I can't sell it to two people. That's not fair for you to do. Because you put the ad in there. And I've sold it. I, it's just not, I didn't put that ad in there just for you. I put it in there for anybody that wanted it. And the first person to come by, I sold it to her. Yes, and I'm the person who wants it. I, well, you too late. No, no, don't tell me that. Because you put the ad in there. I read the ad, and I called, and I want to buy it. I, 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 what I told you is you can't, I can't sell. I don't have but one, and it's sold. I know, and I'm the one who wants to buy it. It's $60. That's a good deal. That's what me. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. Renegade, Renegade Talk Radio. Hey, everyone, and we're back. It's Bethany Blankley hosting America's Betrayal. We're continuing to talk about the insanity in America about basic facts, truth, and fiction. And praising the people who lie and shaming the people who are telling the truth. And people who are justifying all kinds of behavior, redefining terms, and empowering everyone listening and others to read the columns or information that I'm uh, trying to explain about basic facts, about basic concepts that should be common sense. But in reality, there's just such a perversion of normal of normalcy there's a perversion of normalcy in America 
Where right is considered wrong, left is right, up is down, backwards is forwards. Whatever your definition and understanding of something is, is completely redefined and actually doesn't exist. So I got contacted by a woman, Gloria Dorner, on Facebook. And I'm going to, and I'm pretty sure you can read her comments on one of my Facebook pages. And she talks about how bestiality is not legal in America, but in actuality it is. You can look at all the states that I list where it is actually legal to have sex with an animal. The difference is whether or not the animal belongs to you or to someone else and how the law is defined in terms of animal cruelty versus a crime against humanity versus indecent exposure, which, by the way, are all very different. They are either um, misdemeanors or they're felonies. And so then... She goes into asking me some very irrational questions in terms of whether or not something is right or wrong if you get caught. So something is right or wrong, it doesn't matter. Nothing is right or wrong if you don't actually get caught. And this is what she she actually says. Uh, For a law to have any effect, it has to catch and convict the person. I'm quoting. Since the vast majority of zoophiles have relations indoors, behind closed and locked doors in private, there's no crime. Since it can't be seen, proven, and there's no witnesses, it's a useless, silly waste of time passing a law that can't do anything. That is not the point. If you rape a child in closed, locked privacy, it's still a crime. Having sex with an animal behind closed, locked doors is still a crime. It's a crime against humanity. It's also animal cruelty. And it doesn't matter. And she goes on to talk about the guy, Malcolm, who I have the video of, who has fallen in love with Dolly, the bottlenose dolphin. She goes on to talk about how his claims are BS and that he really just wants to be in the media. Well, why would he want to, why would he go on a documentary talking about wanting to normalize sexual relations with animals in the same way that interracial dating should be normalized. So this is the only deception is anyone who thinks he's not telling the truth uh, and or doesn't see how his actions are a result of the fact that he was abused by a ch- as a child by a psychiatrist. The purpose of exposing these lies and exposing these perversions is because the whole purpose of truth is to help people. Light brings sight and darkness. Salt brings taste to food. When you preserve what is good, you want to get rid of or constrain what is bad. There's nothing wrong with exposing what is bad because what's the, what is the motivation? The motivation is to promote that which is good. What is good is safeguarding children and human beings from people who will harm them. It is illegal to have sex with a child because it harms the child. It also harms the perpetrator. When you commit a violent act against someone else, you're also harming yourself. So the reality is, is that she is consistently saying, this woman who's, who's giving me the most irrational arguments on Facebook, 
is that a law harms animals because of not being able or being able to disprove what specifically the harm is and the risks of someone being uh, sued and treating animals at home and uh, that the worst crimes against animals, the worst crimes against animals are zoophiles. It's really people who are buying leather and eating animals and all these other, all this other nonsense. The reaction, the reality is that in the heart of hearts of people, we know what is right and wrong because that's how we were created. We have souls. There's a difference between a homo sapien and a cow or a dog or a horse. And then she goes into criticizing a photo that I put on my uh, website that's also on Renegade Talk Radio that's also on the article that I wrote about zoophilia. And she says, well, when you look at a dog hog tied to a table, that's not zoophilia, it's zoosadism. Well, when you look up zoosadism, it's still harming animals for your own pleasure. It's still harming animals. It's still cruelty to animals. However, you're going to harm an animal, regardless if you're actually having a sexual act. In fact, if you actually are harming an animal, depending on whether someone penetrates them or not, it depends on the definition of the law in every state. The point is, is that harming an animal for your own pleasure is illegal. So it doesn't matter if one is worse or better than the other. You can't justify zoophilia by saying that zoosadism is is worse. They're still equally bad. They're still both crimes against humanity and crimes against an animal. It's still cruelty to do whatever you're going to do under zoosadism versus zoophilia. It doesn't matter if you're behind closed doors or not. It's still wrong. Lying is still wrong because you're still you're still committing a dishonest act against yourself. It's you're harming your own character when you lie, not to mention when you lie to someone else. Hitler just didn't wake up one day and say he wanted to hate people. It was little acts of wrong acts. It was little immoral and non-virtuous and wrong behavior and acts that were never went unchecked. That chipped away his character over and over and over and over and over that were never corrected. He was never held accountable for the anger and resentment that he felt towards many people in his life. He felt gypped because he couldn't be an artist. He did not have a, he didn't have a father. He didn't have the right upbringing. He felt victimized. He felt sorry for himself. And so what did he do over and over and over again? These little acts of resentment and anger and justification for wrong behavior resulted in him becoming a monster. It also contributed to his mental illness. You don't allow children to say that they're wolves trapped in a human's body because it harms them. You don't allow children to go under sex reassignment surgery because it harms them in the long run. There are negative psychological and physical non-reversible changes. You don't praise somebody for lying that they're a different skin color when they've been lying this whole time about who they really are. It doesn't matter if you have sex with animals or sex with a child behind closed doors and if nobody sees it. The fact is, is that you know what you're doing is wrong. The animal knows what, is do- what you're doing is wrong. God knows what you're doing is wrong. Right and wrong matters regardless if you think someone else knows of what you're doing is right or wrong. 
And it doesn't matter whether or not a lot of things that are legal or not legal have nothing even to do with morality. It's legal to kill a baby. In New York State right now, it's legal to kill a baby. They're trying to make it legal even up to the point of when the baby is born. But it's legal to kill a baby when the baby is fully developed. You can inject poison into a baby's head. That's legal. That doesn't mean it's right. In fact, it's not right. It's a crime. It's moral. It's morally wrong to kill a baby, both before and after birth. It's morally wrong to kill another human being. That's why we have classifications for murder and manslaughter. First and second degree murder. It's why we have laws and jail. If we do not have any kind of system to restrain evil because we know people will act badly, we know people will act in their own self-interest, we know people will go out and harm others for their own good or what they think is their own good. The point of having laws is to restrain that bad behavior. It's to restrain evil. It's to restrain people who harm others. That's the point. The point isn't whether or not or how you think it should be enforced or whether or not or who is going to testify about this or that in court or whether or not zoophilia is less bad than zoosadism. Give me a break. You're still harming the animal. You're still harming yourself by doing that. It's a mental there's it's even beyond a mental disorder. This kind of perversion, it completely erodes somebody's soul and who they actually are as a person. Hitler didn't just wake up the way he did one day. It happened over a period of time by every little choice that he made that was not checked, corrected, and uh, instructed and reversed. The whole point of looking at bad character defects is, is to correct them and to act rightly, to act justly, to act in a behavior that's virtuous and kind and loving to others and helps, and helps with the flourishing of society. You can't actually continue to procreate if you're promoting same-sex relationships. It doesn't work. It never has. In the history of humanity, no man can have a child. It's biologically impossible. No matter how many surgeries Bruce Jenner is going to have, he will still never be able to carry a child. The reality is is that waking up one day and saying that you're a wolf trapped in a human body is, an, is a very clear indication that parents need to get help for their child. Same thing with a little five-year-old thinking that he's a girl when in fact he's a boy. And then forcing other people to accept that non-reality and then punishing them for exposing it as a lie is what's happening in our public schools. What parent in their right mind is going to send their child to a public school that's teaching little kids about anal sex in the fourth grade? And in the eighth grade, about and that uh, teaching them about what incest is. Are we now going to teach children about all of this perverted, about all of these perverted acts, not just to themselves, but to others? And let's just talk about how that correlates to increases in crime. Because statistics have shown, scientific reports, criminal, criminal justice reports, everything shows that when you act cruelly to an animal, you will do the same thing to a child and to another human being. So if you continue to allow perverse moral behavior or immoral behavior, and you try to keep promoting something that's wrong as right, what happens? It's only going to further destruct society. So the question is, do you want to destroy society? Do you want to destroy families? 
And if you don't, then why is it such a bad thing to stand up for what is right or wrong? The reality is, is that truth matters. And lying matters, whether or not you tell the truth, whether or not you lie, all of that matters. It affects our laws. It affects how we teach children. It affects behavior. It affects social constructs, interpersonal relationships, how people work, deal at work. No one, is somebody going to keep a job if they lied to their boss? Did they just wake up one day and say that they're Chinese and they're being discriminated against, even though biologically they're not Chinese? Or a white woman saying that she's black? Or a teenager saying they're a wolf? There have to be standards for right or wrong. Otherwise, anything goes. Then there's no standard for correcting wrong behavior. And the whole point of learning from wrong be the whole point of some aspects of wrong behavior is to learn from them. People making mistakes, you learn from your mistakes to not to not repeat them. You teach children to correct their mistakes. Otherwise what's the point of having tests in school? Either two plus two is four and you figure out how someone makes the wrong calculation to fix it so they actually learn how to correctly understand arithmetic. Or correctly learn how to spell or to read. But that's not what's happening in our country. And the reality is is that we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to ourselves, to our families, to our friends, to our neighbors, to our society. To say it is important for our children to learn how to read. At the most basic levels, which is not being done through Common Core. It is important to understand mathematical concepts and arithmetic. If you don't, what's, how are you going to be able to operate in the world? You have to understand how to do math, basic math, adding and subtraction and multiplication and division. And it's not about the process or equal outcome. It's about the learning and actually getting the answer correct. Not how did you get to the answer, but the fact that you got the right answer. And that's not happening either. We'll get into a whole thing about Common Core in another, in another segment. But the reality is that truth matters. Otherwise, why have laws? Why have standards? Why send your child to school? Why have them take all of these tests? Why mandate that children have to take tests if nothing matters, if your gender can change? And if it doesn't, if, if all of this is completely relative, then why mandate that children have to go to public school? Why mandate that parents can't take their child out of this ridiculous sex education? If all of this is relative, then why mandate that people have to learn something that's relative or that they can't think of an alternative or they can't think about something else? Or they can't question or come up with their own ideas. I mean, that's the whole point of being an American is you learn and you question and you learn from your mistakes. I've got to take a break. We'll be back. There's more insanity, but, but this time I'm going to talk more about some insanity within people, within the concept of Christianity in America, because despite all of the insanity, the worst part are people not just who say they're black, but they're really white, or people who say that they're a, a woman and they're really a man. It's people who claim to be Christians who have no clue what Christianity is, and they make all kinds of judgments against other people, but yet they can't answer basic questions, basic facts, basic concepts. They do not know what Christianity is. So my question is, why label yourself as a Christian if you don't even know what it is? 
And why criticize or judge other people when you don't even know basic facts and you've never read the Bible? We'll be back. You're listening to Bethany Blankley on Renegade Talk Radio. Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. Renegade, Renegade Talk Radio. been talking about the insanity of America where people are literally living in a place where morality doesn't seem to exist. It doesn't matter. One woman is telling me you can have sex with animals in a closed, locked room, and there's nothing wrong about that because you're not caught and there are no witnesses. And however a court determines right or wrong behavior, you know, it doesn't really, it doesn't matter because of the outcome. The reality is, is that right or wrong behavior exists. And when you continue to make bad choices and bad behavior and bad attitudes and a mindset, it shapes and transforms your character so that over time you are doing, you're committing devious acts that never would have been possible years prior to that. And the whole point of making mistakes is to learn from them and to correct them and to not repeat them. But when you talk about morality, especially from a Christian's perspective, and the biggest problem that I see in America is that anyone who talks about morality or talks about what's right or wrong, especially within the Christian community, they have very little credibility because the majority of them do not read the Bible. In fact, according to George Gallup and George Barna and other researchers, only about 13% of Americans read the Bible on a daily basis. 13 of Americans who identify as Christians. And so if you only have 13% of Americans who actually read the Bible on a daily basis, then the question is, who on earth can talk about what's right or wrong if they don't have a standard according to God's standard that's outlined in the Bible? So there's a quiz on my website. There are four basic questions that are true or false statements. I'm going to read them to you, and I'm going to tell you what this Bible literacy project, the results of this show, from George Parna and George Gallup. Now forget about the Pew Research polls. I don't believe that they are very accurate. Their standards for their questionings are inconsistent. But look at what George Barna and George Gallup have shown from polls over the last uh, several years. One that came out, according to George Barna, is the knowledge of basic biblical concepts. So I'm going to list to you several things and then true and false and see how you do compared to the people who responded to the polls. So what are the first five books of the Bible? One in four of U.S. adults correctly named the first five books of the Bible. Many might know them as the Pentateuch. The number rises to practicing Protestants to about 61%, but basically one in four adults correctly name the first five books of the Bible. That's pretty pathetic. Three out of ten adults, 30%, were unsure. 
So if you can't name the first five books of the Bible, I'm not going to tell you because the reality is that if you're a Christian, you should know what they are. If you're not, then it doesn't matter because you're not expected to. But for people who talk about right and wrong or morality or even marriage, which is outlined in the first book of the Bible, very quite clearly, actually, how can you talk about these issues if you don't even know what the Bible says? Or understand it within the context of the go- of the whole counsel of God. It's not just about picking out a Bible verse. It's about understanding the entire redemption story for humanity from the first to the last verse in the Bible. There's a very specific purpose, not just in what God communicates to us through his word, but how we are to respond to that and how our behavior changes in light of our understanding of that knowledge of the of what the whole counsel of God is communicating. I'm going to tell you four statements of knowledge about the Bible. One, true or false, Noah was married to Joan of Arc. 78% who answered the poll said this statement was false. 22% of them said it was true. of the Americans who were polled said that Noah was indeed married to Joan of Arc, which, of course, he was not. It's completely false. So 22% of Americans who answered that were wrong. That's about a little over one in five people actually thought Noah was married to Joan of Arc. That's a big problem. Two, Sodom and Gomorrah were not married. True or false? Well, for anybody who knows that, They would know that Sodom and Gomorrah were actual places like New York City or Dallas, Texas. How can New York City be married to Dallas, Texas? It's nonsensical. However, 36% of the people who were polled said that, yes, that this is true, that Sodom and Gomorrah were not married or that they were married. So 64% said this is false. Sodom and Gomorrah were not married. But 36% said, uh-uh. That's how many people were wrong. They did not know that Sodom and Gomorrah were actually locations. Number three, true or false? The Apostle Paul was also known as Saul. 55% said yes, he was, so they were right. But 45% said no, and they were wrong. So 45% did not know Who Paul, they don't know who Paul is. They don't understand the transformation or his conversion from Saul to Paul. They didn't know that his God changed his name. And if that's the case, then they've never read the Bible. They don't know what is in the Bible because 75% of the New Testament was written by Paul. And if they knew anything about Paul, then that means they would know what was actually in the Bible and what he taught. Four. True or false? John the Baptist was one of the 12 apostles. Was John the Baptist one of the 12 apostles? Well, I would correct that by saying one of the 12 disciples. One of the 12 that Jesus chose. Was John the Baptist one of the 12? 52% said yes, he was. Well, they were wrong. John the Baptist was not one of the 12. 52% said that he was, 48% no, that statement is false. The majority of the people who responded believed the wrong answers. Now, when we get to the ages of 18 to 28, how did they answer? This gives you a really bad indication of where we're headed, folks. 18 to 28-year-olds, 30% said Noah was married to Joan of Arc. 
48, 48% said Sodom and Gomorrah were married. 62% said John the Baptist was one of the 12. 56% said Paul wasn't Saul. That's the majority. That is the majority of what we're dealing with here. Biblical illiteracy is through the roof. Nobody knows what the Bible says about anything, let alone understanding it within the whole counsel of God. So if you don't understand what God is communicating to you through your word, how on earth can you talk about morality and what's right or wrong? Then it goes farther when George Barna was asking them about biblical insight. How does the Bible apply to how you live? Well, Get this, boomers, age 48 to 66 and older, the elders, ages 67 and older, they were the group that came out being the least likely to express interest in receiving biblical input into their life. What level of adults show any interest in receiving biblical wisdom? How should biblical, influ- biblical win- wisdom influence their family life? Only 28% of adults said biblical wisdom should influence their life. Now, out of that 28%, think about this. Only a quarter of the 28% thinks it should deal with family conflict or parenting issues. Even less look at biblical insight dealing with romance and sexuality, dating relationships, divorce, those kinds of issues. Now, who do express interest? This is the good news. People who are identified as mosaics, who are ages 18 to 28, and busters, this is where I am, ages 29 to 47. These people do express interest in receiving input as it relates to the family and relationship issues. And practicing Protestants show more interest than Catholics in biblical insight. So for the young people, 18 to 28, they express the most interest. This is great news. This is good. They express the most interest in parenting, family conflict, dating and relationships, romance and sexuality, and dealing with divorce. And even though they express the most interest, they are still have low percentages. We're dealing with 42. We're dealing with percentages of less than 40%. So 40% of 18 to 28-year-olds and 29 to 47-year-olds. So 18 to 47 years old. They are showing the most interest in learning about biblical wisdom. And the most interest equates to 40%. That's pathetic. We have 40% of quote-unquote Christians who are interested in applying biblical wisdom to their life. That means 60% of people who identify as Christians are not interested in what the Bible has to say about parenting, family conflicts, dating relationships, sex, or divorce. So is it any surprise that secularism is increasing in America? Forget about people who don't want Christian values and who don't care. Forget about those people. I'm just talking about Christians. I'm talking about Christians who cannot identify more than two or three of Jesus' disciples. I'm talking about half of all adults who cannot name the four Gospels. I'm talking about 60% of Americans who can't even name five of the Ten Commandments. Who cares? You can't even name them, so why does it matter? The point is is that America is biblically illiterate, and I'm talking specifically about people who are the majority of Americans identify as Christians, yet the majority of Americans who identify as Christians do not read the Bible. Only 13% of people identifying as Christians read the Bible on a daily basis. 82% actually think, quote, that God helps those who help themselves, end quote, is a Bible verse. It is not. 
the idea that God helps those who help themselves is not in the Bible. Joan of Arc was not Noah's wife. This is sad that more than 50% of graduating high school seniors believe or thought that Sodom and Gomorrah were husband and wife when they were actually locations. They were geographic locations, not people. Did you know that in one of the polls that is cited by Barna and Gallup is that people thought the Sermon on the Mount was preached by Billy Graham? Billy Graham, Sermon on the Mount. Nobody's expecting non-Christians to know what any of this means, especially what does the Bible say? Who is Jesus? What did Jesus teach? The reality is that no Christian has a, has a corner on the truth or any credibility when it comes to talking about morality in light of the fact that only 13% of Christians are reading the Bible every day. We do not understand the whole counsel of God. The majority of Christians do not know what the gospel is. They do not understand. They do not want biblical wisdom and they do not have biblical knowledge. What are, why is this the case? Because churches are providing entertainment. And people we need, for Christians, we need to pray for young men to be raised up as preachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. As Christians, we need to pray for the centrality of biblical preaching, of preaching the whole counsel of God, of preaching the formation of discipleship. Christian ignorance leads to Christian misconduct. And even worse, the hypocrisy that propagates one myth as truth when actuality is the lie. So where do we start? Well, we start in Deuteronomy chapter 6, which, by the way, is one of the first books of the Bible, one of the books in the Pentateuch. We start at home. We start with people who are parents. Who are, it's a non-negotiable. It is the parents' responsibility to teach their children. Just read Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. And then we need to be looking like the Bereans. Read the Bible. Test the scriptures to find out if they're true or not. Understand them within the context of their historical history. If Christians do not go to a church that does not teach what the Bible teaches, you are going to a community center or a country club. You're not actually going to a church. You're not going to learn about what the Bible teaches. So why talk about the Bible? Why talk about morality at all or what is right or wrong? If you don't understand what the whole counsel of God is, if you don't understand what the gospel is, you have no business talking about behavior or morality or what the Bible says or doesn't say. There's a very simple solution. And we as Americans are so spoiled. We have the Bible and so many different versions of translations in English when people are grasping for just pages to read in other countries because they don't have as, they don't have access to the Bible. We are shameful. Christians in America should be ashamed not only of the lack of fruit, the lack of accomplishments, the lack of witnessing and helping our neighbors and loving our neighbors. We should be ashamed for not knowing who Jesus Christ is and how that reflects how we treat others and how we live our lives. And taking for granted the fact that we have a Bible, we have the roadmap, we have the manual for right living, yet people are dying all over the world because they don't have access to it and they're craving it.
People are in jail. They're being persecuted. Million, tens of millions of Christians are being persecuted in jail in North Korea, in China, in Iran, in Indonesia, if they exist at all. Indonesia is one of the most dangerous places to be a Christian. So is Iraq and Egypt and Libya and Saudi Arabia. You want to talk about one of the most dangerous places to be a non-Muslim? Go to one of the 56 Muslim-majority countries in the world, especially atheists and agnostics and people who want to do whatever they want to do. You want to be a white person waking up as a black person? Think about it if you're living in Saudi Arabia. You want to be Bruce Jenner in Saudi Arabia? Think about it. There is a solution, especially for people who call themselves Christians. It's really simple. Pick up the Bible and start reading it. Find a church where they're actually teaching what's in the Bible. Not religion, not rules, but who is Jesus Christ and what is the gospel? And why does it matter? Why does any of this matter? A great organization that I love, it's called the Gospel Coalition. Google it. Look it up. You can even read the Bible online. It's so easy and accessible. We are so spoiled in America. We have every accessible means to do the right thing. And yet we are one of the most, if not the most, self-absorbed, self-gratification-focused countries in the world. When are we going to actually stand up to do what is right? Not just for ourselves, but for our neighbors and for our country. You're listening to Bethany Blankley on Renegade Talk Radio. And we'll be back talking more this week about Islam and morality and the insanity in America. We'll continue on with education and Common Core as well. Thanks for joining me. It's been a lot of fun. Even though some of the topics we talk about are depressing, it's, it's great. We live in America. We can talk about these things and we can talk about what is the solution and how can we be a positive influence in our own lives and in others? Thanks for joining me. You're listening to Bethany Blankley on Renegade Talk Radio.